Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Tuesday Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Great week. Exciting week for news. It's hard to keep up with. Every day, too many things are happening. Too many things are happening. Items which should stay in for a week or two uh, on top of the news list, they're gone within 24 hours because Donald Trump's doing something new every day and uh, everyone has to hear about it. He, he controls, he dominates the news. Let me get into this week. I'm going to give you some local, some national, and some oddball things tonight in a quick half hour. I'm going to start with John McCain. Unquestionably an American hero. I don't have to tell you this. We all know it. He's going to go down in the history books. Our children and our grandchildren and their children will read about him as we did. And the kids of today still read about Daniel Webster and Henry Clay. Outstanding, outstanding United States senators. Never made it uh, to the presidency, but still outstanding. We'll also note that John McCain though never achieving the presidency, is a lot or was a lot like Teddy Roosevelt. Teddy Roosevelt never became a senator, but he became president. But they were both, they just went for it. They were aggressive men who went for it. You never knew what they were going to do, but whatever they did was correct. And that's what we're going to know. That's what we're going to see, and that's what our kids are going to understand. Uh, he was, he, I'm sure he had a vindictive bone or two in his body, nothing to compare to Mr. Trump, who has been, has reflected since McCain died, nothing but pettiness, vindictiveness, and viciousness. You know, Shakespeare in Julius Caesar, Caesar had just been killed. Mark Anthony is doing an oration before the citizens of Rome, and you recall the quote, the evil that men do. lives after them. The good is often teared with their bones. The evil that men do lives after them. The good is often teared with their bones. Such will not be the case with John McCain. His good, his good will live after him for the next 100 to 200 years. We are fortunate to have had him. All right. Want to talk about something that happened to Romney. Remember Romney? He ran for president and has just happened to Donald Trump. Recall when Romney was running for president, he had a closed-door private meeting before some financial supporters. He was speaking off the cuff, private, no reporters, no nothing. Someone had the audacity in that audience to turn their cell phone on and record what he said. And it was embarrassing to him afterwards. Well, let me tell you what Donald Trump did last night. He had a meeting in the White House, a closed-door dinner meeting, okay, of his of Christian leaders, the evangelicals, those who have been supporting him strongly, the evangelicals, okay? And uh, no press. They were removed from the meeting after, after it got going. 
And these, again, were private remarks. And he talked about violence, that if the primary is lost to the Democrats, and not the primary, I'm sorry, the November 6th election turns out to be a Democratic victory and the House goes Democratic, there will be violence in the streets. And here's what he said, and I quote, by the way, someone recorded this during his talk, unknown. Somehow it got in the hands of NBC, and NBC has authenticated the recording. Quote, the level of hatred, the level of anger is unbelievable. These are Donald Trump's words. Part of it is because of some of the things I've done for you and for me and for my family. But I've done them. But I've done them. This November 6th election is very much a referendum on free speech and the First Amendment. Now, where the hell this comes up, I don't know. This is not his quote. Now it's me talking. You know, he, he, the big issue, one of the big issues uh, in 2016 was the Second Amendment, gun rights. My God, now he's bringing the First Amendment into this uh, race for November 6th. Anyhow, he went on to say, if the GOP loses, now I quote, they will overturn everything, they being the Democrats, of course, they will overturn everything that we've done, and they'll do it quickly and violently. And he repeats himself, and violently. These are violent people, unquote. Well, I don't know. <laughs> These are violent people. It is wrong for the head of any nation, for any political leader, governmental leader, uh, to go on and encourage violence. He's encouraging violence. He's getting his side all heated up. So they'll carry guns in the street and baseball bats, and they will demonstrate, and there will be violence because they're going to be looking for violence because Donald Trump told them the Democrats will be violent. Uh, this man's dangerous. Dangerous man. Dangerous man. Let me talk about Puerto Rico. And this sort of ties into Trump. We had Maria, the hurricane. It was close to a year ago, maybe two weeks off, three weeks off to a year. The United States government told us 64 people died as a result of Maria in Puerto Rico. In the first five months following Hurricane Maria, 64 people died. Well, a new study came out yesterday. A new study appears to be more factual. And here's what it said. In the five months following Maria, 2,000. 975 Puerto Ricans died as a result of Irma. I repeat, almost 3,000 people, whereas the Trump administration keeps telling us 64. His hatred for people of color runs deep. That's the only reason I can see why he did not give them the help they needed. All right, we're going to move on now to Donald, my president, your president. He said, if you recall, when things started coming out during the primaries and campaign about his purported or alleged activities with women on the side, and these women were coming out and accusing him, and he says, women always lie. And now, this makes me laugh. Women always lie. He has turned out to be the greatest liar the world has ever seen. <clears throat> they keep track of his lies. He's, do, he's doing about seven and a half lies. I think it's 7.6 percent of what he said, 7.6 lies per day, 7.6 lies per day. Great president, he lies. And he said women lied. Well, if the women lied, 
Why do you pay one $150,000? Why do you pay another $130,000? If they're lying, why do you pay them off like this? And I'll bet you there are many more. Don't forget the fellow who's CEO of the National or the owner of the National Enquirer, who's a good friend of of the president's. And uh, he uh, and the... What's his name? His C, his CFO, who's worked for, for his father and for Trump himself, kept the books. They're both uh, working now with the uh, with Mueller. They've agreed to work with Mueller, and they're flipping that terrible word, isn't it? That's what Donald says. That terrible word. And the fellow from the National Enquirer, he's got a safe full of these stories: women, sex, that got paid, etc. And the reason he's got it, they worked this whole thing not directly with Michael Cohen making the payment to the woman generally. It was made through the National Enquirer who bought the story but never published it. Okay, so we got that going. Now, what I, I don't understand, it just this just came out two days ago. There was a payoff in writing to a doorman at Trump Towers. A doorman at Trump Towers. It is claimed, it is alleged that Trump had an affair with a housekeeper. She got pregnant. She had the child. The doorkeeper somehow knew, either through the president or the housekeeper. And he was paid $30,000 uh, by his silence. A copy of the agreement has been released because there was no non-disclosure clause in the, in the agreement that was binding. So it was correct to have it released, and it's been seen, and it's being talked about on the Internet. Now I want to talk about hurricanes. We are into the hurricane season. Uh, I, sit, I sit with a degree of fear and trepidation. Most of my friends down here too, do. We went through Irma last year. Uh, I wrote the only book on the hurricane, Irma, Irma and Me. And if you haven't bought it, order through Amazon.com, $14.95. Well worth reading. It's two and a half weeks of my experience with Irma. The good, the bad, the indifferent, the very sad, the humorous. I mean, you smile, too, through a disaster on occasion. And it's a very interesting, quick-reading book, and I highly recommend it to you. We are 10 days away from the anniversary of Irma heading Key West and the Florida Keys. The reason I'm bringing up the hurricane is because we're getting a lot of hurricanes. Look at Hawaii. They had a four. (laughs) Hawaii got clobbered. I'm waiting to see, by the way, how well the national government takes care of Hawaii. They're a state. They're better than Puerto Rico in standings. I want to see how we help the people of, of Hawaii now. Be that as it may, Hawaii just got hit. And this is supposed to be bad hurricane season. The waters are warm. Our waters are warmer this year. You live here, you learn. And if the waters are warmer, the chance of a hurricane is greater. People still have not recovered. This is the point of my tale tonight. People still have not recovered from Irma, which was last year. Do you know there are people? We have tent cities down here, T-E-N-T, tent cities, people living in tents, people who don't have food because their houses are gone. I want to say this. The federal government, the state government, and the local government were terrific at the time of Irma. They took care of us down here. They took care. They must have taken care of everybody in Florida. Any place else there was a hurricane on the in the or on the continental United States. The problem is they've all run out of money. They've run out of money, but not all the problems are corrected or resolved. 
So we have people who still don't have homes. Uh, they don't have money. They don't have food. Simple, the basics of life. And a lot of these are, go up to Big Pine. Big Pine got hit hard. You don't see it when you're driving up and down US-1. You'll see it if you go one block off the main highway, though. All right, now here's what happened. The American Red Cross last week made a two, gave a $200,000 grant to the Star of the Sea Foundation. Now, we have a Catholic church here in Key West, St. Mary of St. Mary Star of the Sea, okay? And they have a foundation, not-for-profit, and they have food food houses, food places. People go for lunch. The homeless go for lunch. We have a big operation the church has here in, this, in Key West, and they have several around the state. I think they have 20 sites where they give out food. Well, the feds owe the state money for what they spent. The state owes the local government, the city and the county money for what they spent. And there's not enough money for government to finish the job, who did a great job, all of them at the beginning. Uh, And so the American Red Cross threw in $200,000, and this is to buy and distribute food to families still recovering in the Florida Keys. So the job isn't done. That is my point. The job is not finished. Uh, let's see now. I want to talk about Gwen Graham. Gwen is, uh, there's a primary, three or four candidates for the Democratic uh, nomination to run for governor of Florida. Uh, before I came on tonight, I, I was watching the returns. She's only ahead by 12,000 votes. She was supposed to be the winner. There's a fellow by the name of Gilliam or Gillum that was supposed to be running third. He's running a very close second. She's got 30, she had 32% of the vote, he 31%. Don't know what's going to happen. I wish them both well. But we were ignored here in the Keys during this primary campaign. Democrat and Republicans ignored us. We're 140 miles long. We're very thin. We don't have that many people. But they ignored us. No, we, didn't, we didn't even get TV ads until the last couple of days, until two or three days ago down here, you know, for one candidate and saying bad things about the other. Our local newspaper, the Key West Citizen, wrote very little, as far as I'm concerned. They wrote about the local races, but the state race, I didn't know who the hell was running except for this Gwen Graham until a day or two ago. Anyhow, uh, I got involved a bit in her election here two Sundays ago. This is the kind of woman she is. I just want to share this with you because I think it's unique. Uh, she, knowing no one was coming down here, uh, I had been complaining. I'm not saying I induced her visit. But uh, she called a help operation down here called the Conk Republican Marine Army. Conk Republic Marine Army. Let me tell you what the Conk Republic Marine Army is. I don't know where these guys got this name. It was started by a fellow by the name of Brian Vest there in the, Key, in the Big Pine area. And he's just a guy who lives there, and he and a bunch of other guys retired. People come after they work. They're still working a year after Irma to put things back together in the Big Pine area. Free. They are still working. So she gave a call and said, what can we do? What can I do for you? He says, come on down here and help us clean up. So she came down two Sundays ago uh, with her daughters and her parents, her father, Bob Graham was once governor of the state and once the United Sta- one of the United States senators from Florida. She was hands-on. There was a big picture on the front page of the Sun newspaper. It's a statewide uh, paper. And uh, 
there she was in T-shirt and shorts, wearing gloves, and with some gentleman, she's pulling a big piece of debris out of the water. Now, this wasn't a post. If it was post for they did a terrific job. I think it was for real. She was sweaty. She was wet. Her hair was a mess. She was disfigured. She would have been embarrassed if she looked in a mirror. But she was there helping, and I just wanted to share that with you because that's we still need hands-on. We have canals. Everybody's got a home on a canal. You live on canals here. This is like Venice. Forget streets. We have canals. And the, well, a lot of canals are plugged. The boats are on the bottom of the canals. The houses are floating on top. And it's still this way. And why? Because there was not enough money to begin to clean up the canals. It just started about two or three weeks ago. We got some federal money in to do it. Not enough, but to get it started. So it's still a problem. And there could be another hurricane because we're, we're only just beginning. The hurricane season doesn't end until the end of November. I want to talk to you about a big hurricane, one I saw three weeks afterwards, Hurricane Andrew. 1992, Homestead, wiped Homestead out, one of the worst in the history of Florida. And this past week in 1992, it hit the Bahamas first. Then it came over to, my, to Florida, hit Florida City, and then hit Kendall, and then hit Homestead. Homestead's maybe 20, 25 miles south of Miami and just short of the Florida Keys. It went in to Homestead as a five, the worst, okay? And forget the 140, 150 mile an hour winds, okay? The gusts were up to 212 miles an hour. Every tree in Homestead was uprooted. 90% of the homes were destroyed. The United States Air Force Air Base at Homestead totally demolished. The total loss of homes businesses and boats in the Homestead Kendall uh, area turned out to be 25,000 homes, 8,000 hurricanes, 15,000 boats. The strength and the destruction of a hurricane. Let me tell you what I saw. I drove through Homestead three weeks after the hurricane on my way down here. I could not believe what my eyes saw. I was on an overhead highway, which fortunately had not been blown away. As far as the eye could see on either side of the highway, every home, every building, flat, destroyed, an occasional wall standing up, very few. No, you could, not, you could not distinguish where there was a road, where there was a highway. You couldn't distinguish anything. It was just one flat mess. Everything gone. Brought tears to my eyes. Total, total destruction. These things are horrendous. And we're in the season now, and I'm one of the people who believes global warming, climate change is all affecting this, because we're getting too many crazy storms all over the world. Now I want to talk about NAFTA and Mexico. Our esteemed president, Donald Trump, <laughs> sometimes he puts his foot in his mouth, very frequently. Uh, he has... We're into a tariff war with Mexico and with Canada. He threw out NAFTA. I'm going to tell you something. We, nobody ever talks about this. He has no authority to withdraw from NAFTA. NAFTA was approved by Congress. If we're going to get out of it, Congress has to pass a bill saying we're, not, we're no longer going to stay in NAFTA. That's the way it has to be done. But in the meantime, he stopped doing business, and everybody listens to him. And apparently he was negotiating, or he talked with the present president of Mexico, 
And as far as he was concerned, uh, the president of Mexico blinked. And he had a deal with Mexico where there were certain changes made. Nothing significant if they were valid. And he called the press into the Oval Office. Donald sat behind his desk in all his regal splendor, looking like a king, acting like a king. Because he is King Donald. I'm making fun of him, but it's true. And he called on the telephone the president of Mexico. We could only hear Trump's version, Trump's talking, not the president's. And he says, no, we got this agreement. We're going to change the name from NAFTA to U.S.-Mexico trade agreement. Because the name NAFTA is terrible. It was horrible for America. And the president apparently said, no, you, we don't want to do that. We want NAFTA if we do something. And Canada is not part of this, though. They're originally part of NAFTA. And Mexico says we've got to have Canada in this or we're not going to do it. And there's so many other things that haven't worked out. And when, in effect, he is telling the press. He is telling the American people on television, Donald Trump, that he has worked out the NAFTA problem with Mexico. He did the right thing by getting into the tariff war with them. They capitulated, which is a crock of shit. Nothing's happened. It's no different, my friends, than the announcement he made with Kim of North Korea following their two-hour meeting. He thinks because he talks to somebody or he meets with someone that he's got a deal. He doesn't understand. I don't know how this guy made money. I really don't know how he made money as a contractor. In any event, we still don't have a deal with Mexico. We may. I don't know. Trump says we've got to finish this by Friday. The president of Mexico is very interested in finishing this deal, if he can make it, because his term in office ends December 1. And it's only one six-year term. He can't run again. There will be a new president. Nobody knows what the new president's going to do. And he's got to get it done by December 1 if it's going to get done. There's noise now that Canada might start negotiating or talking with. I don't know. But, you know, this reminds, this was Trump. He embarrassed himself. He embarrassed the United States, the way he handled this whole thing on the telephone in front of the TV cameras yesterday. Uh, and it isn't just Kim of North Korea that he had this problem with. You know, I, I think of this, and I think of, uh, who the hell was it? Uh, Chamberlain, Chamberlain, Neville Chamberlain, Prime Minister of Great Britain, September 1928. Hitler was threatening to start war. He got on an airplane and he went to Munich to sit down and negotiate peace with Hitler. And when he came back and he flew into England, he got off the plane. He had a piece of paper in his hand and it said, he said, he shouted to the crowd, peace in our time. It was very shortly thereafter that World War II started, because he didn't know what the hell he was doing either. Now, it was reported today that uh, the president of Japan and Trump have been talking on the phone. And I, I, I don't know who initiated the call. I suspect, though, it was the president of Japan. We've got to resolve this tariff problem. We're supposed to be friends, et cetera, et cetera, because it's hurting Japan. And it's hurting us. We just, we're, we're, they're not telling us how much yet. We're getting little nippets of it. But people are losing money. Farmers are losing money. People are getting hurt in this country. We are not being told yet in sufficient degree. Anyhow. The president of Japan is reported to have said to Trump, why are you doing this to us? We're supposed to be friends. And he said something to the effect, don't you remember Pearl Harbor? Now, they've been our friends since 1945. We beat the hell out of them after they beat the shit out of us. And we, we, we brought the country back. We have be, become friends. We are friends with Japan. They are considered our ally. And the president of Japan's right. What are you shitting on us for? Now, China. 
we have a, the tariff war with China is horrible that we've got the Trumps got going. It's now into the billions of dollars. Each side increased last week again the amount of the tariffs. You don't screw around with Asians. Very important to any country in Asia is the saving of face. Do you think China's going to sit back and let the United States defecate on them? No way! And they'll go to the bitter end, just as we will probably with Trump now on this issue. The trouble is, both sides are getting hurt. China can't afford this. The United States can't afford this. The economy of the two biggest nations, greatest nations in the world right now, are on the verge will be on the verge of collapse in the next several months. There will be a recession next year in China and in, and in the United States if this tariff war continues. And if there's a recession in those two countries, there's going to be a worldwide recession. And you can thank Donald Trump because he started it all. He knows everything. I'm not happy with our president. There's no question about it. Now let me tell you what Putin, good friend to Donald Trump, I know him. I can trust him. He's my friend. He's doing for the United States. I mean, he reminds me, Putin reminds me of the type of guy he's going to put his arm around you uh, with a, you know, he'll put one arm around you and say, you're my friend, looks you in the eye, and then with his other hand, he's picking your wallet out of your back pocket. This is what Putin does to Trump, and he doesn't understand it. Anyhow, uh, the American dollar is key in the world. It's the strongest piece of money, economic strength in the world. Uh, and it keeps us going. We've got to keep the value of the dollar up because if the dollar devalues, our economy is going, going to go in the pot. We're going to be into a recession again. There's so many reasons why we could be in a recession in the next six, seven months. 60% of global reserves and 80% of global payments are made in American dollars. This is what gives us strength in imports and exports. It's our money all the time moving around. And when we sanction a country, okay, these countries go into submission easily because they can't get a hold of American dollars, which is what everyone's using to buy and sell. So Russia says, Russia so far in the last three months has sold most of their U.S. Treasury bonds. They used to buy our bonds. American dollar strong. But by selling most of their bonds off, they help to devalue the dollar, the American dollar a bit. And Russia says, we're going to do business in gold now, not in the American dollar. And eventually we'll do it in the Chinese yuan, Y-U-A-M. We're going to use that for money. China's already pushing. We don't want the dollar. We're going to use our yuan. And because Trump pisses people off, Iran, Venezuela, Pakistan have joined Russia and China, in supporting the use of the yen and not using the American dollar. This goes into the oil business, too. All oil transactions have to be in dollars. It's called petrodollars, American dollars. These countries are now going to go into petroleums. And this is because he screwed around, put Trump, put sanctions on these countries one way or another, and different countries in different ways have sanctions which we apply against Iran, can affect Pakistan, can affect Venezuela. Everyone's going to get hurt eventually. Many are getting hurt now, and they're saying, we can't do this, we can't take this, and you can't abuse us this way. Screw you. We've got to change the economic system. And it is happening and going to happen. Uh, I'm going to close with this little story. I told you about public urinals last week. Uh, Apparently they're all over Europe. 
from what I've got. I thought it was just Paris and Berlin. Uh, but men pee in the streets. Don't ask me why. Women don't pee in the streets, but men in Europe pee in the streets. So a lot of cities build public urinals. They're right out there. A man walks up to some kind of a box, does his business, and walks away, and the whole world sees him doing it. Only for peeing, not for defecation. Well, Paul Harding's a local Key West gentleman that I happen to know, and he just came back from a trip in a three-week trip in Europe, and he wrote me from Amsterdam while he was there last week. And he has been writing to me these countries he went to and saw the public urinals. He says they got all these new public urinals in Amsterdam because they have canals. He says, but it isn't because people were peeing in the street. That was the number two reason they had to build them. The number one reason was that in in three years, the last three years, 51 people, while they were peeing in the canals, fell in the canals and drowned. Isn't that amazing? It's amusing. It's amusing. That's all it's amusing. Now, we've got a shit problem in this country. I'm going to speak quickly. I've only got a few seconds left. San Francisco, people shit on the street, men and women. It's a problem. It's a real problem. They've just hired six people to do the picking up work at 71000 a year. With benefits, it comes to 184000 a year per person. Uh, and they have to go up picking human defecation off the streets. Good neighborhoods, bad neighborhoods, men and women. It's become the thing to do in San Francisco. They're dealing with it. We've got the problem in Portland, Oregon. They haven't started dealing with it yet. That is my show for this week. I hope you have enjoyed Uh Key West Lou Live video on Facebook every day, three or four minutes. Look for it. Uh, Again, my numbers keep going up. Thank you for joining me. Go buy my book, Irma and Me. You'll love it, especially since we're into hurricane season again. Otherwise, thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.